Welcome to the Unity Works podcast, where we'll share positive insight on today's topical and sometimes controversial topics. The discussion is shaped through the lens of unity and acceptance while focusing on our community, families, and the workplace. Life works better when we come together. Here's your host, Daryl Ross. Hello and welcome to the Unity Works podcast. So excited that you're here. I'm your host, Daryl Ross. Today, we're talking about discussions of race and diversity in the household. How are we managing our own house? What are we saying? But before we get there, got to say, this is our very first episode. Kind of cool. So we're thrilled to go on this journey with you. If you haven't already done so, definitely hit subscribe and check out our Facebook page, Unity Works Podcast. And we'll be sure to post additional content there. And most importantly, you can ask questions or leave a comment. So we'd love to discuss the topic that you suggested. So be sure to comment right there on our Facebook page. So let's dig in. Look, there's no doubt discussions regarding race can be polarizing, especially with recent events regarding police and even some non-police, just plain citizens against people of color, has really turned pockets of our society into very divisive sectors. So talking about diversity, inclusion, and Black Lives Matter is extremely important. You know, I've seen on the news, just like probably you've seen, talk shows with many angles and suggestions on how to tackle this issue of race. I've heard politicians speak, law enforcement, analysts, journalists, community organizers, pastors, even just concerned citizens, all speaking up. Now, with that, I'm hearing every answer under the sun, and to be honest, they're all valid. Some are saying we need new police training, maybe new legislation, new laws, you know, new leadership, vote in people, vote out people. All those suggestions are very important, but I'm choosing another lane to focus on, which I think is equally important. It's what are we teaching our children? What are we saying about diversity and race in our own household? The loudest voice in our kids' ears should be ours. I recorded two YouTube videos a while back that started the discussion about just owning your own house. And I posted both of those on our Unity Works Facebook page. The first one's called It's a Human Issue. It's about five minutes long. So if you have the time, check that out for sure. Because I believe we've gone past this a black and white issue. This is a human issue. Now follow that up with more of a what can we do now video. So it's about five minutes also. And I think both of those set the stage for how we can move the discussion forward. So now I want to bring in my wife, Jennifer Ross. She's very much part of this podcast. She'll be on an episode every now and then when she feels like it. I I think her point of view is so interesting. She's a mom, so she has that parental point of view. She also owns her own business, so she has the business owner point of view. But also, we genuinely talk about these topics all the time. So I want to welcome Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to be here, and I'm even more happy, Daryl, that you are finally starting your podcast. Just so everyone knows, I have been on him forever to start a podcast because he has so much good to contribute. I appreciate that. You've always been very supportive. So we usually have these talks when we're out walking the dog, (laughs) but now we're going to do it right here instead. So I don't think I've ever really asked you about this. 
this, from your point of view, why does race and diversity matter to you? Well, I feel like when we are open to other cultures and viewpoints or other people's thoughts and feelings, um, it challenges us and it broadens us. Uh, being open to diversity gets you out of your comfort zone. And personally, I love that because it really stretches me. Now, I know everyone's not comfortable with that, um, but it's definitely a benefit of embracing diversity. That's definitely true. And as crazy as it sounds, we're born being open to diversity and race. It's not really an issue as a child. So please share with the listeners what you noticed, you know, a few months back, you know, pre-COVID at our community pool. Absolutely. Now, this was pre-COVID, but I was sitting on a lounge chair uh, watching our daughter play with her friends in the pool. Uh, Now, just so the listeners know, we live in a very diverse neighborhood. So there were children of all color, of all ethnicities, just having a blast together. There were black kids and white, Asian, Brazilian children, and of all ages as well. So I sat back and I just watched for a few minutes. You know, the little ones were over in the splash pad area, just splashing and playing together. And then the older kids were in the deep end diving, you know, for dive sticks. And there were some kids throwing a ball back and forth and and whatnot. And I just really enjoyed watching them. Um, There were no worries at all. They were just having a blast together. Um, They weren't thinking about race or diversity or who was what. And it dawned on me, of course, I knew this, but in that moment, it really hit me that racism is definitely learned. We are not born with any racist tendencies or feelings. And uh, that morning, it just really hit me like a rock and brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We remember back in Virginia when Jasmine was in preschool, her teacher was teaching the class about diversity and the different differences between people and races. So she brought in a carton of eggs that she dyed different colors, you know, blue, brown, red, black, yellow. And the learning point was, although all the eggs look different on the outside, you crack the egg open and of course they're the same on the inside. And that's a great learning point for a child. And honestly, I think we need to go back to that. I'm suggesting that all families talk to their kids about race and diversity. And here's the thing. I have a lot of friends, and Jen, I know you do as well, that our friends say things like, you know, I always tell my kids to be nice and be kind to people. And don't get me wrong. That's important too. You know, Jennifer and I tell our kids that. We say, be kind, be nice. And the thing is, that's more of a general statement to be nice and be kind to everyone. But respectfully, in terms of this discussion of race and diversity, it's just not enough. We need more. I'm sure there's some families out there listening right now and thinking, is this race diversity discussion that necessary? We are not a racist family. We don't believe in hate or treating others unfairly. And I totally understand that. I know many families out there, white families, that don't have a racist bone in their body. So why do they have to dive into this race diversity discussion. So Jen, what are your feelings about that? Is the race diversity discussion with your family necessary? Yes, it is absolutely necessary. We want our children to learn about these issues from us and not just issues of racism, but anything that's a serious topic, a deep topic. We want them learning that information from us, not from kids on the bus or at recess or on social media for that matter. Um, But I understand the challenge. Many of our friends have reached out 
saying to us, they're not sure what to say sometimes. So Daryl, what are your thoughts on how people should speak with their kids or talk with their families? Great question. Yes, Jennifer and I both have heard from many of our dear friends, some white families that are like, you know what, I haven't said anything, not because I don't care, not because we're racist by any means, because I just didn't know what to say. You know, sometimes you kind of feel like I'm not a person of color or black and I don't have a right to speak on this. If you feel that way, you absolutely do. And I can share this with you. You do not need to tell the entire history of the black struggle from the 1700s. That's not the the point here. Now, obviously, if that's your passion and you want to take that deep dive, absolutely. Nothing wrong with learning more about the culture. But I'm not suggesting, and Jennifer, to talk to your family about the phrase superior race or master race, just plain superiority. That's where it starts. Matter of fact, I looked it up. I was curious if that was in the dictionary, and it actually is. They lean on superior race or master race, and it's a noun. And this is what the dictionary says. A people or nation, as the Germans during the Nazi period, whose members consider themselves genetically superior to all others and therefore justified in conquering and ruling them. Now, assuming you are against that, just talk about that. That's where we want you to kind of focus, that we are not superior, that differences are actually wonderful. You know, God created everyone in his image. Yes, we're all different, but no one is better. There's no one superior than the other, much like my daughter's preschool teacher taught. Different on the outside, we're all the same on the inside. Great place to start that discussion. And like Jennifer said, if it comes from you, now your kids aren't hearing about it on the bus, on social media. They'll have a foundation of what your family believes. So here are our three tips on talking to your kids. You know, really about anything serious, as Jennifer mentioned, but specifically in this case, about race and diversity. So number one, try a new setting to encourage dialogue. Now, hear me out on that. You know what most of us do? And be honest, Jennifer and I have been caught doing this too. We have two places that you have your serious discussions. Well, three, I guess. Their bedroom, right? Which isn't the best either because that's where they really should have a place of peace, go to sleep. Nothing serious in there. But the other two places, the most common, the sofa, right? Sit them down and have that discussion or the dinner table. You know, hey, pass the pork chops. We're going to discuss diversity today, right? <laughs> and so either way... Kids come across and feel like they're being interrogated. I wrote a book called Be Extraordinary, The Teenager's Roadmap to Success. And part of that book, the research showed that kids just don't like that. So what I recommend is find a new place. If you can, you can't always, but if you can, a new place for those serious discussions. And it's really played out true in our lives. So Jen, share what you've noticed. When does our son, who's 13, by the way, when does our son speak to you the most about serious issues? food. Um, Ironically, for me, the way to my son's heart and mind is through food. So sometimes I will tell him, okay, come on, Jay, we're going to jump in the car and go get some food. Of course, he gets excited. Um, We head to either Wendy's or Subway is his favorite. And uh, that is when we have some of our best and very open conversations. He has opened up to me about all sorts of things when we're just driving in the car together. I will bring something up and uh, and then he'll he'll just go. He's just very open um, during those times. Well, the funny thing is all of our kids have that in them. So if you're listening right now, think of your child and when they would 
speak up the most. Our son has one more time, and it's when he's playing a sport or an activity. We live with a large field in front of our house. So we go out there and throw the football, or in his case, his favorite, kicking the soccer ball. And no lie, if I have a conversation with my son that's kind of serious, I'll take the soccer ball out on the field, and we'll kick back and forth, and that's where we'll have our talk. We'll talk about just life. We've discussed the N-word out there, drugs, sex, um, social media, definitely this more recent George Floyd incident. And he seems like he's less interrogated. And much like what Jennifer was saying when he's going to get food, he's open to talking. So think about yourself. Is it throwing a Frisbee? Is it fishing? Kicking around a ball? Your kids will be much more open to discussing even serious topics if they feel less threatened and less put on a, a courtroom chair. Okay, number two, allow your kids to express their feelings and ask questions. You know why I say that's because sometimes the questions or comments your kids are going to make might seem kind of silly. You wonder, why are you asking that or why do you care about that? Who cares? Let them ask whatever they want to ask and validate their feelings. They might ask a question that seems irrelevant at the time, but remember, they're trying to process this themselves, and that might be coming up in their mind most often. My kids asked my youngest, actually, she's 10. She asked, well, why are people doing that to other people? Why do they think they're better than them? That's her way of saying superior, right? So Jennifer and I explained, you know what? This has been going on for thousands of years. This isn't new. We feel like it's new because we're in it right now. But go way back to the Egyptians, those beautiful pyramids. Who do you think built those? It were slaves, Romans, England, of course, Germany more recently, and America. We've been dealing with this challenge of races and superiority for a long time. So simply share that we're still struggling with this, and it's an area we have to keep focusing on to get past it. All right. And number three, warn them of the incoming social media comments and comments from other students. This is a big one. I don't know what it is. In America, we have this like four-day or five-day moratorium on certain topics, and then the jokes start. So literally, Jennifer and I were warning our kids that any day now, you're going to see some social media pictures, videos, memes on some jokes about this, and we wanted to make sure our kids had a foundation of the truth first and to be aware, no lie, maybe a day or two later, we saw, and maybe you've seen this, the images of what's called the George Floyd Challenge and these are kids, and they were mostly white kids in the photos, where one kid's laying on the ground, and the other kid is kneeling on their neck, much like to, to kind of make an example of that incident. And they were smiling and goofing off, and it was horrific to do that. Look, I'm not mad at the kids. I, I think they were trying just to be silly, to get likes. Obviously, they had not had their discussion with their families about this whole topic. But bottom line is that kind of thing is showing its face. And I wanted my kids to be aware of that. So I want your kids to be aware as well. Now, if I saw it, that means my kids could probably see it and your kids may have already seen this. So make sure, have the discussion, whether it be a friend of theirs sending a text or a comment, or they see it in social media, have an awareness that this is a serious topic and that we should really be on top of this. Now, speaking of social media, you know, a few weeks back, the Stop Hate for Profit campaign was launched, and it was pretty impressive because I hadn't heard about it originally. Jennifer brought it to my attention, and in part, their official statement says that, you know, we're asking advertisers, basically businesses, 
to join the campaign and pause their spending on Facebook and Instagram ads for the month of July 2020. Them basically coming in solidarity and unity over this extreme challenge of this hate speech on social media and specifically Facebook. So, Jen, I got to go to you because you came to me and you were so excited about this. Why were you excited? Why did this matter to you so much? I was so excited about this article. Um, It was so refreshing to me to see large corporations and businesses coming together to stop hate speech. I mean, there were companies like Starbucks, Ford, Hershey, Verizon, HP, and the list goes on and on and on. And I just feel like when the large corporations sort of band together, um, it just sends a very, very clear message that it's not okay. Yeah, it really does. And it's kind of funny that we're all about unity and unity works in many different ways, but also with businesses. So that is our just our highlight of having discussions of race and diversity within your household. Remember, you don't have to tell the history of black America. Just start the discussion about the word superior. Encourage dialogue. Allow your kids to express their feelings and definitely warn them of social media. But here are four takeaways about race and diversity that focusing on race and diversity really does help understanding. It casts a wider net. It's much more inclusive. It opens the door for creativity and innovation, and it truly does influence the mission. So thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with a friend, and don't forget to like us on Facebook. We're going to keep unity going. I've always said there are more of us than them. Life works better when we come together. On behalf of Jennifer and myself, talk to you next week.